0: You're listening to the Party in My Plants podcast. And while I don't promote cleanses or diets or detoxes here on the show, in this episode, I do agree with a complete elimination of shoulds from our vocabulary. Welcome to the Party in My Plans podcast, where I make healthy living as fun as a party so you'll, you know, actually want to do it and then actually feel, look, and live your best. I'm your host, Talia Pollock. Now let's get this party started. I am over the moon excited about today's sponsor. Friend, this is my dream sponsor. The, oh my God, is this real life sponsor. The sponsor I've been dreaming about since I was a little girl, winning card giving holidays with her reliable tear jerkers, ending fights with soul spilling letters left on people's pillows, and surviving college by avoiding all test taking classes and taking only essay writing ones. No, this sponsor is not a pen or a computer, or those yellow Papermate mate sharp writer number two mechanical pencils that you turn the tip of, which I've used religiously for two decades, this sponsor is the thing I've been writing up to my whole life. It's my book. My first freaking real life will live in stores if stores ever open up again, but can live on your shelf right this second book. Party in Your Plants, which has been called in an Amazon review as the best plant-based book ever, as well as a cookbook that's way more than a cookbook, and a plant party heaven. Readers have also said that it's the best healthy living guide for your kitchen that you must purchase pronto. And so I'm here to tell you that you can promptly purchase Party in Your Plants, 100-plus plant-based recipes and problem-solving strategies to help you eat healthier without hating your life anywhere books are safely and sanitarily sold. Partyinyourplants.com will take you to all the major retailers, or you can just hop your fingers over to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, or Walmart to buy yourself and your best friend, and their best friend, a coffee today. That's partyinyourplants.com to grab a copy or a 19 of my book that Amazon readers say you must add to your cookbook stack ASAP because it gets all the thumbs ups. My lady, Trisha Huffman, a.k.a. the joyologist, a.k.a. an affirmation queen, a.k.a. the shitty thought police, okay, enough a.k.a.s, we get it, Talia, is my latest and greatest guest. This woman is more super than a superfood itself, and as such, this little chat was even more invigorating than my post-run Heaped with Greens smoothie. Trisha has a background as a sound engineer, has spent so much of her life on the road and pivoted her whole lifestyle to be one focused on joy, positive affirmations, cultivating career success and happiness, and staunchly eschewing the word should and all that it represents. Her whole fig Jim Jan is to wake people up to the joys that exist right now in their lives. My friend, Don't let these great days perish like wilted romaine lettuce that you forgot at the back of your fridge. Listen to find out how to fill your life with joy. Trisha, thank you so much for coming on the Party in My Plants podcast. You're so welcome.
1: (laughs) I'm so excited to talk to you. You being on my podcast was definitely one of my most
0: fun conversations. Oh, well, it was one of my most fun conversations. I've done a ton of interviews about my book, and yours is like at the tippity, tippity, tippity top of joyful chats about um, my book and my life and myself. So thank you.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. You made me think about things that I hadn't thought about in a long time. So yeah, it was cool. That's deep. That's deep.
0: Well, I'm excited to pull back the curtain on you today because there's a lot I know about like your current geniusness, but there's way less I know about how you got here. So like, I know you started as a sound engineer, now we hear, and I'd like to know- what's your deal? What's your story? How did you get into mindset coaching? And, and, and I know there's Jason Mraz is thrown in the mix somehow, which is so freaking cool. So what's your story? Tell me. Uh, yeah, (laughs) I'm just going to sit back. I have a candle lit I'm just gonna sit back and get cozy, and Everybody sit back and, get and, uh, <laughs> and tell me. I, I never open. I never open with open-ended questions like that. But I just, I just wanted to. I just wanted to do yeah. it. So here we go. I mean, a bunch to say.
1: If we're if we're gonna stop, talk about sound engineering. I don't know. When I was growing up, I was always very drawn to music. I mm-hmm. mean, as many people are. Interesting to me, though. No, like I never like tried
0: to learn to play anything. That's really funny. <laughs> That's really funny. I love music.
1: (laughs) I have no interest in trying to like let me sing or let me even be on. I maybe because also I went to like an all girl or not. Well, I went to Catholic grade school and then all girls Catholic high school, so we didn't have things like chorus or. And I never felt like I wanted to be a part of church, so I wasn't like I'm not going to sing in church or anything. Mm. Or so it was interesting that I was like really moved by music, but yet like wasn't like let me do that. That's Uh, really interesting.
0: (laughs) Like that's bizarre.
1: I mean, I'm. Sh- I was definitely in my room, like you know, singing in front of the mirror, like. Hmm. But want to let anybody well, else? Well, I guess you know. it's
0: kind of like you know a person who loves food, but would prefer to be a food stylist or a food photographer than a chef. Or just-
1: really love eating it
0: or yeah, or like, (laughs) (laughs) or just love eating it or like, you know, become like a food critic and the just go around eating it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. We're making sense. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, but I remember, you know, like, yeah. And I went, you know, one of my first jobs was working at a record store when I was in high school and I felt like I was the coolest. It's pretty cool. And just like yeah, all about music and live music really became a thing to me. Like I remember, just like I mean, my dad. I remember my dad loved live music and would like bring me along to concerts. Like John Denver was my favorite concert when oh, I was a kid. Like I remember seeing roads, Tina take me home. I remember like just like I think my dad just wanted to do things and would like you know bring me along. <laughs> <laughs> so that might be where my love of live music came from.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Because
1: live was definitely a thing. And I remember in high school, well, I also had an awakening in high school that led me to like, I felt very misunderstood, married alone. I also had chronic pain and stomach aches and all sorts of things. I went to all sorts of doctors. Oh. I almost ended my life at 15 um. because of the pain and sleeplessness, but also because I felt like What was the, like, nobody cares about me. I mean, again, and by the way, I was, like, with the cool kids and, like, going to the parties and stuff. Like, I wasn't, like, loner outsider. I just really was, like, didn't get it. Didn't get life. And, um... Well, were you depressed? I mean, like, clearly, right? Yes. No. Because, I mean, I... Played soccer. I went to the parties. I just really didn't understand people, and it felt like just such a game. And like, you know, we have to make people like us, and we want to stand out but fit in. Like, I remember being hmm. very in tune with that, even like as a young, young kid. Like, you know, my best friend was the most popular kid, and she'd be like, "We don't like Kim today," and I'd be like, "But I like Kim." So this, mm. I don't like. I'm gonna go hang out with Kim, Kim, because nobody else is.
0: So life just felt too hard. And also you had all this chronic illness it sounds like. Yeah. And also
1: my parents were in an unhappy marriage so it was like also like feeling like adults don't even like their lives
0: oh, and like geez. they don't seem like
1: they know what they're doing. You know like so it was more just like wow. I'm doing it like I'm trying to get the boys to like me and wanting to be cool and let me wear the hip stuff but also like what what is this?
0: Mm. So anyway, I had I like that this is foreshadowing though. I mean, you're a joyologist. I was to take over
1: these things. But yeah, it's a big important part of my life. So I had a moment where I really did like break down and was like either like, okay, I'm either gonna end my life or what am I gonna do? And so I had this like mental breakdown wow. moment that was like, okay, like if I'm so serious about ending my life, why don't I try life a different way? Mm. So I chose back I love then- that's beautiful. Yeah make my life to make myself be like my opinion to be the most valuable to instead of constantly looking outside of myself for what I should do and say and look like and dress like and looking for this attention from other people that like what if I just came back to myself and like ask myself what do I want what do I believe I didn't have that wording back then, you know, and like, even that I will say, like, I knew I couldn't do anything about the physical pain, but I could do something about the emotional pain I was causing myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't sit myself down at 15 and tell myself that Trisha, you can't do anything about, you know, but looking back, that's what it was. And so I started living my life that way. How this turns into live music is because again, I got really into live music. So anybody that was going to see any concert of any kind, no matter who they are or what the music was, I was like, I'll go with you. And this is like me breaking out, like not caring about, oh, I got to go with the cool kids or this mm. music or that. So that, that's huh. how that ended up tying in so into that So music was
0: kind of just like your through line and that was what you stuck to and the type of music or the people going didn't really matter.
1: Yeah. It wasn't like, I can't go to this or like, oh, I can't go with those people because they're not cool enough. Or so you, like, you do which- like
0: Spice Girls and John Denver, like you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs>
1: I didn't do Spice Girls.
0: (gasps) That was my first concert. That's why I said it.
1: (laughs) But no, like Ani DeFranco, which was like nobody was into Ani DeFranco back then. And I like found out Ani DeFranco was like, I got to go see this person live. And like, you know, like, and yeah, with just all different types of music. And I really was into live music, but people would go and they'd be like drinking and trying to like make out and dancing and having fun. And I would be so tuned into the music and be like, people would be like, what's wrong with you, Trisha? Why aren't you having any fun? And I'd be like, guitar is too loud
0: oh
1: like so even though I didn't yeah. know what sound was or anything like I was so like into the music like not losing myself in it like
0: really wow okay
1: so- I didn't know what that was that, that that was like what the people behind those consoles were called sound engineers or anything like that. Like I just knew that's what I wanted to do. So anyway, oh, cool. again, with this belief in myself and that, then I was like, I'm going to, you know, my parents were like, you have to go to college. You have to go to college. I said, that's like the only thing that I ever did for my parents. But I went, I found a liberal arts college in Chicago that let you do your major right away. And they had a film department and dance and they did have like a music business program and a sound mm. program. I didn't know they had sound at the time because it was combined with radio when I started. So I went for music business. And in my mind, I was like, I'm going to be a producer because again, I didn't know mm-hmm. what even things were or what they were called.
0: <laughs> and this was like probably before you could just search it right online. Yeah. Like, I was like, I love
1: you know, like the internet was like, we were like, what is this
0: thing? Yeah. We're like dial up, you know, yeah, you've dial-up. got who? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I, moved to Chicago and started school and I got a job at the House of Blues because I only had retail experience in their t-shirt in their company store. <laughs> stuff. But I purposely got wow. a job there because they had concerts upstairs.
0: How cool. You're really like doing it. <laughs> this is really fascinating. I, I just, it's a real testament to that sometimes we, passions just find us and we just got to keep connecting those dots. It's really interesting. All right, keep going. Yeah. So I purposely got a
1: job at the company store, the little company store in the House of Blues because they had concerts and then the production people, who are the people that work the concerts, they worked really long days and they would be like have all these downtimes so they would end up coming downstairs and hanging out in the shop. And I would talk to them and I'd be like I think what you guys are doing up there is what I want to do. And the production manager who was in charge of everything was just like, "Oh, we'll come hang out sometime." I was like, "Okay." And so I did, <laughs> and I was like, "This is what I want to do." Yes. But at the time, I was also in college, working nights at the company store, and I had gotten like a really awesome office job working for like a billboard magazine affiliate cool. that paid like really good morning at like hours. And I ended up quitting that job that was really well paid because I would come to House of Blues at like four PM. And sound check was about to happen, but I missed loading and the setup of all the microphones and everything, and figuring out how things worked. So I quit my really good paying job, which at this point, like I was living in Chicago by my own. My parents were just like, "If you're not ever coming back, even for a summer, then like, you got to pay your own rent and stuff." Mm. <laughs> and, like they're like, "What are you doing?" You know. <laughs> so I quit this good paying job to hang out for free. So I could be there at 9 or 8 or whatever a.m. and stay until 1 or 2 in the morning and be there the whole day. Wow. Um, and I did that for about six months until they finally needed a stagehand, an extra stagehand for New Year's Eve. And so finally started paying me. Cool. Um, <laughs> wow. So, but I, like, lived at House of Blues. I was either working upstairs, like, doing the concerts yeah. for free, learning everything I could. Or I was still working in the retail store. And I was still going to school. I did realize that summer that my school had a live sound program. So I was able to switch That's amazing. two weeks before school went back in session. And I was able to skip a bunch of classes, actually, even because I had the hands-on experience. And eventually, I got credit as an internship for my working for free for six months. Oh, great. And then, yeah, they like really took me under their wing.
0: <laughs> I'm so intrigued about how this is going to lead to selling amazing affirmation, joy-based products and what everything you do now like i am like yes. my brain is trying to make these these um connections and i'm like i don't know i'm on the edge of my it's seat it's coming it's coming but also in that time i really
1: learned like that was a lot of like a lot of even what i teach now is still based on that time of like showing up and i was a 19 year old girl and this is like you know like rock dudes like it wasn't a girl's Mm -hmm. position to do sound really. Like there's only like maybe 10 that has made it to the level I did. Um, females. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people weren't taking me seriously. And I also knew nothing. So I was like, I really want to do this thing. And they'd be like, okay, help out. Can you go mic the snare drum? And I'd be like, yeah, what's the snare drum? (laughs) (laughs) You know? So like, I really had to learn a lot of like, Again, confidence in myself, and that's where my favorite quote, which is "No one can make you inferior without your consent." Yes, which is an Eleanor Roosevelt quote. I found it during that time, and that was like my lifeline because every day people showed up and wanted to judge me. Like, what is this young girl doing? She's not going to know. Like, you know, because there was local crew every day, but every day we had these huge acts coming in, and they'd be like, "Who is this young girl? Mm -hmm. Why is she here?" Like. 'Cause eventually I did end up moving up into sound engineer. So like a lot of the stuff that I even teach now and like, you know, the it is what it is motto and stuff like that came from touring work and like so just making the best of what is instead of complaining about stuff, like you could either have the choice of changing it or changing your perspective about it, like or leaving or quitting, you know? Mm-hmm. So so That time, you know, really shaped me a lot as a person and resilience and believing in myself and showing up every day, even though everyone was like, Who are you? And what do you think you're doing? And like, so a lot of this mindset work and self talk is back from then.
0: Wow.
1: Cut to, I did get hired by one of the top touring companies in the world when I was graduating. So I moved to San Diego. I started touring the world with Grammy Award winning artists around the world. I was living my dream. Like, so awesome being paid to fly around the world, stay in fancy hotels, working with these amazing people. And, but the people I was working for were really living their dream. You know, like they're singing mm-hmm. their songs, yeah. touring the world with thousands of people screaming their names. They have enough money to like fly in a private jet and go on a, you know, a private island to buy the same pair of shoes over and over and over. Cause they forget <laughs> they own them. Oh my God. Like, real, the real hot really happened. <laughs> 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 and it was awesome. <laughs> um, we were the same size shoe. No. <laughs>
0: oh my God. <laughs> nice. But,
1: um, but like, and also would see, they even had like great relationships and like family supporting them. So really like they had it, it all. all. Uh uh-huh. Yet. Yet. They
0: still were, not were happy. unhappy,
1: unfulfilled, living in doubt, sincere, oh. not speaking up, stuck in the shoulds, letting management agents, what other other people said, you know, Dictate what they do and say, comparing themselves to other people.
0: Wow. wow.
1: So, got to see
0: all of this. That's so helpful to see because we all that haven't seen it like firsthand we have it wrong. You know, we're like, once we get there, when I get there, must be nice to be there. You know, then it's going to be perfect. And then all the comparison and inferiority and self-limiting beliefs and blah, blah, blah will go away. And for you to see that is gold yeah. And that, I mean, that's why like, that's where like
1: the claim it, you know, my podcast and how I'm always saying, like, it's up to us to claim it every day for ourselves, that it's not outside of us somewhere. Once we do this, be this, have this, mm-hmm. then we'll feel enough worthy, successful, fulfilled, whatever it is. Like that's all based from that, you wow. know, seeing that back then.
0: Fascinating.
1: Once I get this hit song or once I sell this yeah. arena or
0: once I get oh, the man. Grammy or once I get the girl by the house, have the, the shoes kid, <laughs> for the 12th you know. time, you know. Okay. So, wow. So you're in this world. You're doing your sound engineering at the top level and you're seeing this happen in real time. You're, you're kind of looking at this underbelly, kind of stemming from when you grew up and you kind of felt that underbelly yourself of this mindset stuff. So obviously this is going to lead to a place where you have to pick a lane, right? You're going to pivot. We're going up to the pivot yeah, moment.
1: So something made me pivot. But also at the same time, I had been, I eventually was diagnosed with fibromyalgia when I was 18. They put me on medicines. that didn't work. So I took my, like, health in my own hands as well. And, mm. you know, like, so I was touring with my own juicer. I had a oh, gluten-free, like, I if you hired me, like. then you had to have a gluten-free, you know, gluten-free vegetarian meals, you know, for three meals a day. Oh, like, Oh, wow. know, like, And this was before. It was
0: cool. People probably didn't even know what gluten was.
1: Yeah. 2004. That's when that happened. And that's wow. um, also, again, like we talked about in my episode, like then I had to say that, like mm-hmm. I had to be like, we would love to have you in our tour. And I'd say, okay. And like, of course you like don't want to turn around work and you're honored to be hired and you don't know when you'll get your next job. And like, I can't ask for anything, but would be like, by the way, I have, you know, a health condition. So I need these special meals that people have never even heard of before. So like that I had to like say that was mm. hard. You know, like you're going to have to be on calls every day, advancing meals for your monitor engineer. (laughs) Wow. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, that's what we were talking about when I was on your show, how we underestimate that it takes boldness and confidence to do the healthy stuff a lot of the time. You know, it's not just about having cute recipes and Pinterestable, you know, ideas to help you eat healthier. Like it's a lot about having the confidence and the boldness and the courage to advocate for yourself when it's not easy.
1: Yeah. So, and so I was, you know, I'd roll off the bus, do yoga. I took great care of myself. Plus I had this mental attitude stuff, you know? And so what happened though, is that my father passed away suddenly, um, total surprise. Like when I was, I was getting ready to fly to Australia for the first time for a tour for starting like a two year tour. And, um, that I was about, you know, like that day I was preparing, I'd even like gotten the tour manager or they had put money into my bank account to bring to Australia, Australia for the tour. Like I was responsible for bringing money over and I got the call on the way to the bank that my father had passed away. So I went home, but, uh, And I went right back on tour because I just didn't know what else to do. And I was such a mess. Mm. And that like brought up a lot for me anyway, because I was someone that never used to let myself cry or anything like that. And so like, I really was like, okay, I'm allowed to feel, I'm allowed to cry whenever it happens and stuff. And, you know, my tour family was like my family. So it felt like the right place to be. But I just like also knew I just had this wake up call. Like, I can't do this anymore. Like I loved what I was doing and I loved sound And I loved that my life so much, but I just knew that I needed to make a change and like I needed to like, I didn't need to, I had to wake people up because it was also my dad passed away like suddenly unexpected. So it really just made me want to shake people everywhere Mm -hmm. I went. Like, you know, cause again, then I'm seeing everybody that's unhappy, unfulfilled. I'm like in airports and restaurants and everybody's just walking through their life and they (laughs) look unhappy and they're bitching about Whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wanted to shake people and am like, you really don't know. Your life could end tomorrow. Like, what? Like, please, like, enjoy your life. Like, uh, if you're happy about something, then what are you going to do about it?
0: That's how I felt when I watched my mother in law pass away two years or three years ago. I, the same feeling you just described, where after she died, I was like, guys, it could happen to any one of us, any second of any day. Like, like you said, I just wanted to shake people. Like, what are you doing? Just watching bullshit on Netflix right now? Get up and do something that makes you feel good. Not, not to knock Netflix. I watch Netflix, but you know what that I mean. Like, like, it makes
1: you feel good sometimes. <laughs> to
0: watch yeah, Netflix. me too. <laughs> that, you know what I mean, though. Like all of your life, like I just or like, what are you doing? Just being, you know, settling. Get up, feel good. Anyway, sorry, this is your story, not mine. But um, no, so, okay, sure. so you're like going through life, shaking people. And um, wow. Well, I didn't last.
1: I went back on tour and, like, yeah, I, I within, uh, I think I didn't finish the Australia and Southeast leg, but when we went back, oh, yeah, I even started the US leg of the tour. And this was, by the way, like my favorite tour. It was like, all of these amazing bands that I love and it sort of become family where we'd be teaming up for one tour. It was like a dream. Wow. <laughs> and I just couldn't. I we left, we did. We got like a week in probably a couple of days into the US tour, and I was just like, I can't do it anymore. And I called up someone who in as another monitor engineer, which by a monitor engineer. So I did tour for the band. So I was on stage with the band and every person on stage had their own mix that I controlled. So I was in control of what everybody was hearing on stage. Wow. That's what a monitor engineer is. Got
0: it. Um,
1: anyway, so I called somebody else up and I was like, I can't do this. Like, are you available? Do you have any other, you know, gigs booked for the rest of the year? Cause most of the time you get booked for like uh, you know, you know if you're gonna be gone for like
0: mm-hmm.
1: a- and he didn't have anything booked and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm done doing sound and like told the tour and was like, you know, I have somebody, whatever, but it was an interesting, cause I could have just said, I need some time off. Like, can you fill in for me for two weeks or for this leg of the tour until it takes another break or something like that? And I was like, I'm done doing sound. I can't do this anymore. Wow. Like you need to take this over. And so I quit and I had no clue what I was going to do, but this was also at the same time I had this like, message show up to me that I was done with the word should, which was really weird for me because I didn't feel like I lived a life of shoulds at all. Like I didn't. Yeah, I definitely didn't. Like I followed my dreams when we weren't on tour. I was like, let me go to Bali for a month. Let me like, I was like always doing what I wanted, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I got this message like that I was done with the word should. And so I wouldn't let the word come out of my mouth. And I was shocked to see how often it did try to come out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. And I would be in a con like, Oh, what should, and I really wouldn't let it come out. And I'd be like, well, what do I say then? I don't understand.
0: Today's episode is thrilled to have an amazing sponsor, Amazing Grass, who grows and bottles amazing grasses. Their green superfood powders are an insanely tasty blend of nutritious greens, phytonutrient-packed fruits, veggies, grasses, digestive enzymes, and probiotics that I can't and do not want to live without. I am an enormous fan of their watermelon energy flavor, which I drink every single morning in 12 ounces of water, plus two heaping tablespoons of apple cider vinegar and a splash of honey or stevia. But they've got a massive assortment of grassy products for you to check out and fall in love with. Oh, and their effervescence. I love those too. They're so handy for traveling and when airplane traveling was a thing, I'd always pop a hydration effervescence in my free cup of water on the plane and drink it or drink it right in a bottle when I'd land. To make Amazing Grass even more amazing, they're offering Party in My Plants podcast listeners 30%, Yep. 30% not some measly 10%. 30% off your amazing grass orders if you go to their website amazinggrass.com and use coupon code plantparty30 at checkout. That is plantparty30 at checkout on amazinggrass.com. So you're saying you just woke up one day and had this kind of aha moment about shoulds like you, is that Because yeah. in case people don't know, one of your mottos is, um, fuck the shoulds do the wants. Yes. And I have your journal that has that on the cover and it's my love. I, I am very precious about the items that I'd say it's, like, it's not worthy of just to do lists, or like mm-hmm. it's it's the precious the preciousness goes into the pages of that journal and i love it but that's i didn't realize that that idea of fuck the shoulds do the wants started mm-hmm. even before you were in business helping people yeah. so th- you just had this idea cuz but that's odd because like you said you've not <laughs> lived a life of shoulds yeah. so i'm confused yeah same <laughs>
1: But Same. So I was just like, I don't know where it came from. I wasn't like, I don't remember reading it a book or somebody telling it or whatever. I was just like, I'm done with the word should. And so I left this tour. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I also had like never really been in California, you know, where I'd moved to work for this company, like in the years that I've been there, like it was just like, it would be like a layover place between jobs and stuff. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go. I don't know what I'm going to do. And so again, I was just like, I'm done with the word should. And again, I wouldn't let it come out of my mouth. And so, and that's when I got really clear to how much should was running my life and is running your life mm. out there <laughs> and you don't know it. It's an unconscious thing. And we just lean on the word so often. So anyway, I really wouldn't let myself say it or use it. So I would be like, what should and stop. Yeah. And then I'd be like, what else am I going to say? Here? Yeah.
0: What else can you say? So I was like, yeah,
1: I need, like need didn't feel good either. Mm. And I finally got to want, oh, what do I want, I want to, to do to today? Do. And it felt like such a different energy. What should I eat today? What do I want to eat Mm. today? Oh, I should really, you know, go to so-and-so's, you know, party that they're having this weekend. Uh Because I am like, kind of like lonely and I want to see people. So I should go. But do I really want to? Wow. Like I should be exercising more do I want to exercise more? Mm -hmm. Why do I want to exercise myself more? So I really ended up like, I really did not let myself use the word. And so it would even like, oh, I should do the dishes. Like, yeah, I really do not want to do the dishes. Yeah. Well, what happens
0: (laughs) if you should do the dishes? but you don't want to do the dishes. I mean, that's I under- That's chapter nine
1: in my book that's coming out in May of 2022 called F the Shoulds Do the Once. And it is about-
0: <laughs> I'm so excited for you. Congratulations. <laughs> I know you just signed the book deal. Oh my God. So it's called, that's what it's officially called. It's F called the Shoulds Do the Once.
1: Just the with the letter F. F yeah. the shoulds,
0: I'm yeah. so excited for you and happy for you. And I can't wait to read it, especially chapter nine. But can you give us a sneak yeah. peek tip, well, please?
1: Well, yeah, so it was the like lady- like, well, I don't want to do the dishes. Like, I hate doing the dishes, to be honest. I do not like to clean. But, okay, well, what am I going to do here? Like, because I'm so committed. So it was then ask myself another question. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: well, why would I want to do the dishes? Like, why might I want to?
1: Yeah. Well, I do like to have a clean house. You know what? I don't like seeing all these dirty dishes around. It doesn't make me feel good. It makes me feel heavy. Like, I like when things are wet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to feel great. Like, how will I feel when these are done? Mm. I feel great. And also how much time is it probably going to take? It's not really going to take five minutes. Maybe, you know what? I want to do the dishes. <laughs> so like, and not just forcing myself to be like, I want to do the dishes,
0: <laughs>
1: but really like asking myself more questions. I should really exercise today or I should really, ex- I feel like I should really exercise. Well, why would I want to exercise? when I exercise, I end up feeling like clear energy, my body feels better, you know, like, those sorts of things. So it's also could be like, oh yeah, that's how I do feel. But right now I really feel like resting and that's okay. Mm. So it's like gives you access points to ask yourself more questions and to see like, what am I really doing and why?
0: Yeah. It's not just doing things. It's really a prompt to check in, dive deeper, reframe, and not sort of like go through your life resentfully, like with resentment towards I mean, sometimes if it's like, it's like arbitrary. I mean, like if yeah. you're shooting yourself through a workout, like, I don't know who you're resentful at, but there is like resent, there's like should kind of, to me, just makes me think like I'm resentful towards someone. I don't know who, cause it's not like someone's telling me to exercise. So I'm resentful of the media who's telling me I mm-hmm. should look a certain way or I'm resentful of bubble, you know, like, I don't know. That's yeah. kind of the way Resentment I feel. Resentment
1: is a chapter as well. Oh my God. <laughs> No, but I mean, it's really like so. It gave me this anchor point that because again, it's unconscious. Like so, it's like we don't even realize, and it's not our fault. It's just like so embedded in us, and we don't really even realize, like I said, how often you're using it. But when I narrow in on the actual word, then it also made me narrow in on the feeling because I gave up that word in 2008, and I still feel the weight of shoulds. Daily. I love that
0: you're like I gave it up like Lent.
1: I did. I did. So I really you truly
0: did. just made a commitment to yourself. I'm not going to say should ever again or Use yeah, you should. Yeah. So and I don't
1: even when I'm reading my kids, they're like children's book. I edit the word should.
0: <laughs> oh my God. So, wow. That's so rad. That's so if somebody's listening right now, do you suggest, is this like for the faint of heart or is this like for anyone?
1: For anyone? I mean, it's just like starting to look at, I mean, so yes, it's like, it's, simple let's just pay attention to one word but it is it's going to be challenging confronting but in the best ways because then you get to be clear on what you're doing and why because a lot, again it's a lot of stuff is just unconscious like you're just saying it in these ways that you think is no big deal what should I wear today no big deal Mm. what do I want to wear and you can start to unravel these things on like yeah why do I feel like I should be wearing this or then oh I should size like there's just so much from society from our own expectations, from so much stuff that's like layered into us that we are unaware of. So it like hacks it all open and exposes a lot. So that's what like the book, you know, it goes deep into all sorts of different things. Like the fear of being judged, enoughness, what will people think of me? Like, so it's about the word should, but it's about so much more, but I'm just giving an access point on like tapping into it all because we... We are feeling so much and experiencing so much every day, but we're just busy living our lives. So we're not addressing it. So it just really makes you oh, slow down and think about everything and put you it. in real control in your life.
0: I love that, like 12 years later, after giving up, should you write the book? <laughs> That's a hoot and amazing.
1: Yeah. I'm like, but I've been living. I mean, I understand so
0: much yeah. more about it. But even like, I'm just thinking, like, what should I wear today? And it's like, should according to who? According to you know, what I want people to think of me as they see me or what I, I'm told that somebody with my job is, ought mm-hmm. to, is supposed to wear or like, it's just so interesting to think about what should I wear today? Should according yeah. to who? Yeah. Wow. Boom. And it's,
1: also, it's about our own expectations or projections of ourselves too. Oh, if I wear this, I'm to this or to mm-hmm. that. Like, what does that mean? Like, it's just, it makes you really face yourself and like, what are you actually even thinking and believing and feeling? Like it really just gets you in uh, tune with yourself when we're so often just going through these motions of shoulds that we don't even know or exist for us. My
0: stomach's like fluttering a little, like it's lightning. Every time I kind of think about this, my stomach, you know, where I keep all my emotion and stress, it's like lifting a bit. And that's really awesome. I'm, I'm going to contemplate. I don't want to make a commitment that I'm going <laughs> to give up shoulds uh, that I can't hold to, but yeah. I'm going to pond. If I'm ready and willing to try giving up my shoulds. But so you leave your job, you're deciding to not should anymore. Now what? How do you become the joyologist?
1: So that becomes
0: to a summer of like
1: basically asking myself, what do I want? What do I want to do? You know, like all of these different things. And so it ended up me creating that what I really wanted, because again, I wanted to wake people up. I felt like I had done such a good job of taking care of myself and my body and mind. But like, how can I do this for others? But since the only world I had known was the production industry, Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to go back on the road taking care of the people on tour, specifically the artists, really? because I see that like tour life is so hard, and these people that have it all also don't have, have it the all. least <laughs> amount of people being honest with them, Ooh. you know, or like making them face themselves. So if somebody's upset, any person in a position of power, not just you know a singer or an artist, uh, if they get upset, you know, then like they can go get upset and slam the door and nobody's going to confront them about it and ask them what they're feeling and what they want to do about it. Everybody's just going to walk around in eggshells, hoping it gets figured out.
0: <laughs> hmm, right. I didn't know that. Until it does. I'm not a person of power with people Any, around Well, was, No, I just
1: imagining like you work at a, you have a boss anywhere. I don't know. know. I honestly
0: people. don't know that life. That's hilarious. <laughs> I've just worked.
1: But you it. know, like just, you know, whatever, like people <laughs> get upset and-
0: no, I'm sure. I'm sure that's a relatable if topic. Don't front them off. For
1: um, anyway, so I like visualized this job for myself, and I was like, I'm going to go out. And I also during that time got certified as a yoga teacher because you know I was like, why not while I'm home? And um, I got really into making food because I had all that time. Got really like you know read a lot more books and did more personal work and stuff. And and so yeah, like created this idea for a position to go out with artists. And then Jason Mraz's um, production manager called me and said, Hey, we know you don't want to do sound anymore, but we really miss you on the road. Would you ever consider coming back out as a production assistant? And production assistant to a monitor, it would be like, You know, big step down in pay as well as, like, what you're responsible for. But also, like, production assistants work their butts off. Yeah. Not saying, like, that's not. But he was like, would you consider it? And I said, yes. Mm. (laughs) I will come back out and be the production assistant. But... This is what I'm going to do with the intention of making it be my sole job. I'm going to come out. I'm going to make the dressing rooms nice. I'm going to make healthy food. I'll bring my blender. I'll make smoothies. I'm going to try to make the food better. I'm going to put affirmations up everywhere. I'm going (laughs) to do yoga every day.
0: You picked the right person to do this with because we know Jason Mraz is a more spiritual, yogi, um, peace, love, kind-hearted human. Was that why you felt comfortable putting affirmations and stuff up everywhere, or would you have done that for anyone? No, because that was the job that I wanted to create for myself. Got it. Okay. So it wasn't that we know now that Jason Mraz is a very receptive person. always that. that way. Oh, <laughs>
1: oh, so I oh, I'm not taking responsibility. But I'm like, he, I mean, if you go like listen to his first album and stuff or watch the videos, he's like smoking cigarettes, eats junk food, like whatever. Like I did not know that. But I, I mean, always his,
0: thought of him as, like, you know, his first Yogi. His song was, like, Don't
1: Worry Your Life Away. So mm-hmm. it was always, you know, a lot of that stuff. Oh, i um, missed
0: that song.
1: Oh, that was such a good yeah, song. I always thought it positive. But, it, yeah, I mean, his life as a musician on tour has definitely shifted. And he was somebody that I did tour with as a so, sound engineer. Okay. So, which is why so anyway, this is
0: less about Jason, more about you. So you decide I'm going to basically... But
1: this was me. I had already in my mind was like, this is what I'm going to do next. I'm going to create this job for myself. And then this person called wow. me. And so I was like, this is my way in. So Ooh. instead of me just going, selling it to people, I'm going to go in. And so I said, I'm going to take this job and I'm, I'm going to do this with the intention that it will turn into its own job. And so that's what I did. And within a a week of that tour, Jason said, I don't know what Trisha's doing, but I want her to do that all the time. And they hired oh. a new production assistant <laughs> and I created my own road case kitchen and I got my own dressing room every day. That was the joy and vibe room. What? And it was I... called the joy and vibe room. Oh, also that production manager, when Jason said that was just like, okay, so Trisha's the joyologist. What? And that's name came
0: from. Oh my. So you're telling me within one week of being the unofficial joyologist, they Jason said, I don't want her to even be a production assistant. I want her this all the time. Yeah. So then they promoted you slash gave you your so own job and then they hired a different production a assistant. assistant. <gasps> yeah. Wow. I created the intention. Dude. I went out and did it. And oh it my happened. God. That's amazing. <laughs>
1: So then I toured for like, I don't know, four years in that role. with Wow. Him.
0: Just with Jason or different people?
1: A couple of different people and um, mostly with him because, yeah, like it would, you know, it'd be like a year and a half leg of a, you know, of um a cycle. And then he would not tour and then go work with somebody else and then went back to him. So it was mostly with him. Um but yeah, so that's how the joyologist name came from. And in that time, then, you know, Twitter was a thing and I, they made me run his Twitter account, but I didn't want to want to run it as anybody else. So it said like, this is Jason Reyes, official Twitter account run by his joyologist <sighs> by his side at all times, except in bed. Oh, And I only wanted to tweet I didn't want to tweet as me or as him so I I mean I well, as me but not like make it my whole account so I would like put up the quote of the day and the affirmations oh here's the green smoothie we had like here's the backstage photo it's like that but I was sharing like affirmations and quotes and stuff like that and um and then when that tour that tour ended I started my own Twitter account and then it became like you know the beginning of me like sharing my thoughts and these things and and then when tour would be off I'd be like oh maybe I'll hold like a webinar I see people doing web oh Gabby Bernstein's doing a webinar what's a webinar I can hold a webinar what's a okay let me google how to have a webinar and then I'll be like oh I guess I can coach people so I just started doing different things but then I was always going back on tour Mm. like oh okay I have my own website but I'm back on tour like you know like okay let me have some clients and then go back on tour I went to IIN you know shout out me too um because people were like getting to know me as like they were like calling me Jason's nutritionalist because I made his foods. And I was like, I'm not a nutritionalist. Mm. And so that made me then, like want to go to I N and feel like I had do more. But I love uh-huh. that program. Yeah. But I never really did it to be like a health coach. Yeah. Um, wow. And, uh, eventually I uh, met someone that I was hoping to have kids with. And so I got off the road and that was, you know, exciting and scary at the same time because, again, I still loved being a part of the music industry and touring. But that was when I was like, all right, I'm going to start my product
0: line. And Oh, when was this? So that was 2013. And is that the person that you now have two kids with? Yes. <laughs> nice. Congrats. Uh, yeah. And I also
1: though, but I left that tour just being like, Oh my gosh, I'm so burned out. I love what I was doing, but it was like, go, go, go for, you know, a year and a half straight at a time. Mm-hmm. So I also was like, I'm ready to do more. But I also like, I had like for six months, just like allowed myself to be myself and like not have any times or schedule or whatever. And I still, you know, wrote blogs and shared on social media or anything. But I wasn't like, I need to make money and coach or do this. So I gave myself like this large amount of time to just like, be and come back to me and again, get back to what do I really want to do? And then that was like creating the affirmation deck was the first thing. Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. I'm really glad that my gut said to just ask you to tell me about your life because that was awesome and we nailed it. You nailed it. Bravo. That's a really cool life you've led and a really fantastically inspirational story. And I feel very joyful myself at the moment. I'm curious, what would you say your role was? Like, what is a joyologist? Like, what is that? What do you define that as, if you could?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't have, like, let me, like, read from my, you know, cheat sheet or whatever. I mean, so Joy just what my mission was originally, and I guess, you know, still is, is just, like, to wake people up to enjoy their life and living for themselves. And, mm-hmm. and even in later tours, when I worked with Jason, he renamed me his Manager of Integrity. Ooh. And Damn, so, I
0: just got the chills. Manager of Integrity.
1: And so that's what a lot of, you know, looking at the shoulds and everything is and what I did. And so at at the beginning, it was very like, yeah, I did make all healthy food. I led through yoga and stuff. But a lot of it, too, was like making sure that these people were like enjoying their day every day. Because, you know, in my I Call Bullshit YouTube series, one of the first videos I did was I Call Bullshit on the quote of choose a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Yep. I mean, these people are living their dream, but, and they're like, love it. But that doesn't mean they want to go on stage every day that they want to do every interview. Like it's a very hard job. So also like being the person of like, okay, like getting them in the space of remembering who they are, what they're doing. Also reminding them that they have choices that they can say, no, I don't like touring for, you know, this long a time. Can we break it into three week chunks? Like, you know, like whatever it is, like asking people questions for themselves. Well, why are you doing this? Well, why are you feeling this way? Well, what are you going to do about it? What would you want? Like, so that's where the manager of integrity realm is like, and it's, um, honestly, it's a tough job <laughs> being a manager of integrity. Not like making people face
0: themselves when they're just like, shut up and like let me bitch and be mad at her. Like, you know, whatever. Or like, <laughs> well, how did you do this? Like, if we're not on the road with you, if you're not in our dressing room, how can you help us manage our integrity and feel more joy. Like what are the things that you were helping people do?
1: Well, I mean, it's back to even like the should realization. And that wasn't something I like, was like, you have to every person that works for me. You're not like that. But it's just like what that did for me was wake me up to again, this like realization of what are you doing? Why are you doing it? What do you want? You know? So it's asking yourself more questions.
0: Really? That's really your thing. Asking questions.
1: Yeah. And being tuned into like what you're feeling, you know? So what are you feeling? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times we're just going through life. We don't even realize what we're feeling. Okay. I'm feeling heavy. Why am I feeling this? Where does that come from? And it's usually like some, you know, it could be something, well, yeah, the state of the world or, you know, I'm waiting for an email back and I didn't get it. So I'm believing that I'm not worthy that, the, you know, they think I'm not enough, like whatever it is. Are you in my head right now? <laughs> <laughs> You know, so it's just being in tune with what you're thinking, feeling, believing, just simple, just very simple stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I love how on your Instagram, your like, whatever bio says, I call out shitty thoughts and urge you to claim joy in the now. Yeah, I love that. I call out shitty thoughts. What would you define as a shitty thought? Well, there's so many. I mean, just the like, ways that we self-sabotage. Like,
1: should, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. Oh, I got this opportunity, but I, what did that person get? Did they get offered more or they got this first? Or like, you know, whatever it is. Like, right now, even, yeah, like, I'm, like, accepted a deal for my book this week. And instead of, like, I am excited about it, but then I'll be like, Oh, well, who did that person sign with? And blah, blah, blah. Are they going to, you know, like we try to steal these things away from ourselves. Like instead of me being so freaking excited, my dream is coming true. Yeah. I'm excited
0: for you, you know, and I texted you. It's like not like
1: we know it, but in our minds, it's again like, how can I sabotage myself to still believing that I'm not enough?
0: (laughs) So how do you stop that? I don't
1: want to believe that stuff. Well, it's being into, like again, seeing myself be like, oh. Really, Trisha, that's what you're thinking. Okay, how do you want to feel? Like, a big thing is, again, like, okay, what am I feeling? Where is this coming from? How do I want to feel? How do I want to feel? Like, asking yourself, and that's the should want. Like, what do I want? Because so often we're going outside of ourselves. Like, I feel like shoulds has us outsourcing all our life choices unintentionally. Yeah. Want brings it back to us. What do I want? What am I feeling? What do I want to feel? And like just, it sounds so simple, but just by asking yourself those questions, you get like clear instantaneously. Even if you don't have like a magic answer and like everything changed, you know, it's not like a wand is like taking your problems away. But just coming back to from, you know, what I thought when I was 15 of like, what if I just made what I believe to be the most important thing? So asking myself, so how does that feel, Trisha, to instead of being happy for you? getting this book deal. You're saying it's not good enough because so and so is with this person or though so and so already wrote a book or so and so might have made more money. Like how does that feel for you? Is that really what you want to be living into and believing? Like mm. no.
0: I'm really excited. I'm really proud of myself. Mm. Pardon the interruption, but this is a sorry, not sorry situation because my interruption is to tell you about one of my favorite plant products on the planet. Four Sigmatic Mushrooms. I'm already so hooked on their Magic Mushrooms of many varieties. I love their hot teas that make Lion's Mane, Chaga, Reishi, and Cordyceps taste great. And I love their lattes like matcha, chai, and golden milk. But I'm here to hopefully get you inspired to try their coffees since they're so much smarter for your body than non-Four Sigmatic coffees. To their organic coffee, they add Lion's Mane Mushrooms whose claim to fame is supporting our brain and they add chaga, which is wonderful for our oh so cherished immune system. Because you listen to this podcast, thank you so much for that by the way, you get to save 15% off any and all Four Sigmatic shroomy stuff you'll want by going to their site foursigmatic.com and using code PARTYINMYPLANTS. Or you can just type into your little type box 4-F-O-U-R- Sigmatic, S I G M A T I C, dot com slash party in my plants for the automatic 15% off. Woohoo! But do you do all this like in the shower? Do you do it like in a journal? You know, like, like. All all day long. (laughs) All day long. Great. Out loud? In loud? I don't know what in loud is.
1: Mostly in my (laughs) head. But yeah, when like really heavy stuff comes up, journaling, I love the morning pages style. Like not that you have to do it in the morning, but like that style that from the artist's way of just like vomiting onto the page and not needing for it to make any sense. And like um, that really helps. But when I first started that years ago, I was afraid to write down anything that wasn't positive for fear that I was then giving it energy.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's a really helpful thing to say because, mm-hmm. you know, if you, one knows about the law of attraction or, you know. And I didn't, didn't really know much of law. I didn't even study
1: that stuff that much. I think it just was in this like, oh, we, you know, what do you want to believe? Like yeah. I'm sin, believe in all that stuff. And so then it can be like, oh my gosh, I have a doubt right now. What if this doesn't happen? So-and-so this. But I had a fear if if I wrote that down, then I was like giving power Mm -hmm. to it and energy. So then I was making it real. It's almost like jinxing it it
0: too, in a way. Right
1: what I saw was it's already freaking real. It lives mm. in your head and you're just trying to ignore it and block it down. And so like, <gasps> let me just believe what's positive. Okay.
0: That's just like yelling over yourself.
1: That was a huge breakthrough in my life is again, of not making yourself wrong. And that's why I'm saying like the shoulds and stuff aren't your fault. Doubts and fears and worries and stress are normal. And that's a part of life. And they're never going to go away once you have it all they won't go away. So it's more just making peace with them being like, "Okay, I hear you. What are you here to tell me?"
0: So, are you here to tell me that if you have a doubt or worry or negative thought, like like when you were getting your book deal over the past few weeks, right? Is when you were pitching and and mm-hmm. all that, were you if were you like Capable of writing down, I'm scared I'm not gonna get a book. Do you? I'm scared they're not gonna offer me the amount of money I want. I'm scared. Like, are you here to tell us once and for all that writing down a fear or a (laughs) negative thought does not bring it into existence?
1: Yes. And I literally I had phone calls with friends laughing at myself because I was like, having these meetings with major publishers. Oh my gosh, so amazing. They loved me. And then got an email. Oh, but they're not going to give you an offer. And I was like, what? Wait a minute. I can have all these meetings where people love me and tell me how awesome I am and tell me how my book is, and they're still are telling me no. Mm. And it was the first time I doubted like, holy shit. They all might say that. I might not. And then I was like, oh my God, I just had a doubt. I cursed myself. It's not (laughs) happening. And I was like, this is bananas. Like I of course, believe in positive thinking and believing the best, but the idea that I was then making myself wrong and blaming myself that I had that much control in the universe that I allowed one doubt in my mind, and so I was like turning people in meetings around the world against me.
0: <laughs> I love you right now, this is the best. so what did you do well, so I did i so
1: this is the thing. I allow myself to have the doubts to even tell people about them that right like I'm someone that works well talking things out with people, but I have also created relationships with people where I'm like oh, I just need a space to be heard. I don't want advice or anything. So for me, talking it out with friends is good, but same thing with writing it. Like, yes, I write it out. Like for me, the naming it and then addressing like, yeah, you know what? That is a legitimate concern. I might not get an offer. Will I still be okay?
0: Yeah. Were you prepared to be okay?
1: I was like, you know what? That's probably going to suck. I can't imagine getting that news, but there's other options. I can go rework the proposal. I can self-publish. Do you know how many people I've had on my podcast that are New York Times bestsellers that I found out that they self-published and then publishers
0: found them? Mm, really? That's happened a lot?
1: Yes. Like uh, the person being on my podcast next week, Bronnie Ware with The Five Regrets of the Dying.
0: Oh, she's coming on your podcast?
1: She's, yeah. I have her book right here in my office. Yeah.
0: I love Nobody her
1: an agent found her and told her to write the book. She did. Nobody said yes. She wrote it herself and then got a publishing deal. And it's an international bestseller in like 35 countries. Hmm. So I knew that, but of course I was like, I'm still going to be really upset. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it was this realization of like, it's okay. It's going to happen. But then also, Hey, you know what? I don't have to give up now. I'm still going to believe that these people out there in their meetings, somebody's going to say yes to me. But it's, yeah, like the reality that you're allowed, you know, I now talk about them as if like, hey, worry, worry, what are you here to take? Because the worries, the doubts, the fears are like their protection mechanisms. They love, you know, hey, we don't want you to do this. It may be unsafe in some way. You're putting yourself out there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're going outside the norm, you know, whatever it is. But like that you're allowed to be like, okay, I hear you. Yep. Okay. I got a backup plan for that. It's going to be okay. Like I hear you. And yet I still choose to believe, to move forward and to believe in myself and to put myself out there.
0: Oh, so where, is this where your affirmations come into play? Because I have one of your card decks with a bunch of affirmations. You have an app called the joy app, which but with a bunch of affirmations. It's
1: called own your awesome. Oh, sorry. The The app and the deck are both called own your awesome.
0: Yeah, so the deck itself has 52
1: affirmations. The app has hundreds of powerful thoughts and affirmations because I can go in and add them whenever I like. Um, it's only 3.99 in the app store,
0: and it's called Own Your Awesome. It's
1: called Own Your Awesome. You can also look up your joyologist, and I, I'm sure it will come up. But yeah, so my affirmations and the thoughts are me
0: switching my thoughts around. They are Got me it. allowing myself. I'm gonna to go hear- get my deck. Keep talking. I have to take my. I have to step away. Keep talking. Okay. <laughs> so
1: the affirmations that I post and share are me talking to myself and actually allowing myself to hear the doubt, to hear the worry, to hear the fear, and then go, Well, what do I wanna believe? Or what is a thought that will make me feel better and moving like so some of them are the more using tapping language of even though mm, I'm back. I feel alone right now, mm. you know I know there's people out there feeling the same way or something like that. So my affirmations and these powerful thoughts are here because I do allow my fears, doubts, worries to show up, and then I hear them and I go. <laughs> No thanks. This is what I'm gonna tell believe. Mm. This is what I'm gonna give my energy to. But it's not me pretending they don't exist and I'm invincible and like whatever. It's just like, right, okay, I hear you. I don't want that in my life. This is what I'm gonna tell myself instead. And every time you come up, I'm gonna go to this.
0: Yeah, because I do feel that affirmations kind of get a weird reputation of being like BS band aids that you kind of just put over. You know, I don't know. You just like I'm gonna choose to believe this. Nothing can get me down. I am perfect in my imperfections. I love and embrace all that I am and all that I'm not. I'm um, so reading one, and it's like reading one from the deck. Yeah, I read one from the deck. Um, but no, you're saying that first we have to get clear, write down, say out loud the negative, the the fear-based yeah. thought, the doubt, the worry, the blah, and then say but I'm willing to shift my perspective into the new one, right?
1: Yeah. Like what would I want to believe? And I, you know, I put out, I've been really regular lately. I'm so proud of myself putting out a, um, like a new batch of affirmations every Sunday on Instagram at your Joyologist. And some weeks I, you know, use stories and ask people what are, cause I say the how I create these affirmations are from me, you know, naming what I'm struggling with or what's weighing on me and then asking myself, what do I want to believe? And you know that. And so some weeks in stories, I will ask people, what are you struggling with? And I use the comment box for them to write in. And I say, what is something that, you know, you're struggling with right now, a doubt, a fear, like something reoccurring. And so people write into me what they're struggling with. And so sometimes I create the affirmations based on those. And there's a, there's a highlight saved in my stories that are saved from people writing those in And I write back to each person, giving them like four or five affirmations choices for themselves. And then I just pick ones to use that week for the favorite. So yet the, the highlight is called from you for you. And so if you see that, you'll see people writing in something they're struggling Mm -hmm. with. And then what I've shared as like, try thinking this instead. And so, yeah, I'm not saying like, this is a magical band aid. But what I'm saying is affirmations do work, but the most powerful way to work them is if you're actually tuning in with what you're struggling with and naming it instead of trying to ignore it, avoid it, live through it. And then ask yourself, what do I want to believe? Because it's going to keep coming up. And so then again, when it comes up, when that doubt comes up, oh my God, nobody might you know, make me an offer. <sighs> That's true. That might happen. I will be okay. Life will move forward. You know, that doesn't mean the end of this project if it happens. Like, I, you know, I can then believe I am getting an offer. Like, this book is happening no matter what. Because also, yeah, like, I would have made it happen no matter what, even if somebody said no to me, you know, if everybody said no to me. So it's, again, like, hearing it, it doesn't mean that it's going to happen or that you're giving your power away. You are claiming your power back by actually letting yourself hear it and then ask yourself, well, what do I want? Will I be okay if that happens? And then it might make you, like, make the jump. You know, do the thing.
0: What if you can't get there though? Like, what if you're not able? You know, because sometimes you look at an affirmation and you're like, "Ugh, really?" I don't feel remotely close to what that is. Like, I'm looking at one of yours. I believe in me is another one in the deck. It's like, what if you really don't believe in you? Like, how do you? What do you do in in that situation? Well,
1: right. So, and that's why I'm saying to like ask yourself that. But so uh, that's where I love using, like I said, the tapping language. I know that you love tapping, and I'm good friends with have had Jessica and Nick Ortner both on my podcast Mm -hmm. that even without tapping just that language of even though. So even though, you know, I don't believe in myself right now, I'm creating space, you know, for that to happen or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it's just even Mm -hmm. like rewriting it in a way, you know, like I am enough, even though I'm doubting myself right now, I believe it is possible, you know, to think I'm a, whatever it is, it's like, you don't have to make it be like the most powerful thing. It's just, again, like try to just even baby step your, like open your mind a little bit.
0: That's great. you know,
1: I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills this month, even though, you know, I have zero money. I believe that I am worthy, you know, of the money or that I'll find a way. Yeah. Or I will still be okay, even though I don't have the money to pay my bills this month, I will be okay. Like, or like my life is not over even, you know, it's just like these things, like, even though you might like, that sucks. If you are out there and you may not, you're struggling to pay your bills this month, that's a reality. That's real. But like, okay, I believe that things are possible of turning around. You know, it's not like I can't pay my bills this month. I'm the worst person in the world. I'm never going to ever, you know, make money again. No one's ever going to, you know... Like we can act as if everything is the end of the world, even when, and like, sometimes things are really hard. Also, I'm not always saying like, put a positive spin on everything. Like,
0: no, you're definitely not (laughs) saying that, which is really, really good.
1: And that's also like, I'm glad you're not saying that because I would take
0: Pull yourself out, you know, or whatever. I'm not about
1: toxic toxic positivity. And I very much care about, you know, like allowing yourself to have feelings and okay. Like, even though I'm saying claim your joy every day. I'm not saying you have to be like lit up, happy person, like jumping up and clicking your ankles every day. <laughs> you know, it's just like seeing like, where could I look for a little bit of joy today? Or like, what am I doing that create my own, you know, like a montage. Right.
0: Is- it's like my blow yourself. It's like, you can't just let the wind blow you to your joy. You have to claim it. You have to blow yourself. That's yeah. it's the same, same vein. But I'm not saying like, yeah, same you got to feel like lit
1: up in joy all the time. But like, what would even just like allowing yourself to experience joy? Totally.
0: Okay. Well, this has allowed me to experience a lot of joy. And I would say the greatest takeaway is how we started really with the... um, Really try to get shit out of your vocabulary. I think I'm going to pay really close attention, at least this next week, just to start with this next week on where should comes into my mind and out of my mouth. I'm really curious how much I say it. I have no clue. I have absolutely no awareness. I'm super curious. So that's going to be my assignment for myself. And then once I see what happens in a week, I'll take it from there. I mean, what if I say no shoulds right now? Who knows? Maybe I'm not a should Maybe. I could not be, but where I could be, and then we're going to work on it. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I think, you know, again, people
1: think I'll like, get so small that they don't do it. Or like most of the times people will be like, oh, okay. And then they'll say it like three more times within like a two minute conversation and they don't even realize it. Like they don't catch it. I'm like, do you realize you just said it again? Like, so, and also <laughs> it's again, like not to beat yourself up if you're doing it. It's just like seeing like, oh, this is an interesting awareness. Huh? Because mm-hmm. so often we like make ourselves wrong, like beat ourselves up and make everything even harder. I can't be- I messed up. I did it. I used should. I'm a terrible person. You know, it's just like, Uh no, it's just like, I'm just saying like, get curious and see where you can like reclaim your power by switching one word. Why not try it? I'm
0: soups curious. Okay. Well, another way to get our power is by eating plants. So I must ask you, what is your favorite plant Mm, to eat?
1: Plant. There's so many. I'm gonna, I know. this is so random. I don't, maybe it's not random, I, but arugula is the first thing that
0: came to my Ooh, mind. Ooh, <laughs> spicy. I love that. A little arugula salad. Or top it on pizza. Oh, yeah.
1: Put it in pasta. Like, it's, it's a very flexible. Ooh, I've
0: never done it in pasta. Yeah.
1: Make pesto with that. it. <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Uh, what else? What is your favorite thing right now to do for self-care? Reading novels, love it. Is this have you always read novels, or is this more of like a new thing?
1: I have. Well, I was always a reader from a young kid and was into novels. There became a time when I was like, I am your joyologist. That in somehow in my mind, I told myself I couldn't read fiction. Like that was something bad or wrong about that. Like if I was reading, it had to be personal development books or something. And then I was like, "You and me
0: both, sister."
1: F that. I love reading fiction. They're like, I would hide it. Like, oh, I don't. People ask me what I'm reading, and I'd be like, embarrassed by it. Like, what? It makes me happy. Why am I telling myself that that's wrong to read fiction?
0: Uh huh. I'm the. Ex- I just had that awakening verbatim this summer, where forever I told myself I can only read to advance myself. There's yeah. no point in reading; it's a waste of time to read fiction. You know, you know nothing's coming out of it. You're not growing. You're not learning. Blah, it's a waste. Yeah, um. And then I read a few fiction, say. yeah, books this summer and maybe I'm not growing in a traditional self-help sense, but I'm growing in that I'm I'm learning about the world. Like you're learning new words, new ideas, new perspectives on life. I mean, it's wonderful. Yeah. Well, if I you're can't nurturing yourself, I, don't I totally know. like
1: lose myself. Yeah. In in it. And also, yeah, like I remember even back in the day, like, yeah, when I was going through another bit of my spurts of like, okay, I'm off tour. Like, get to work something mm-hmm. like that. And I would like lose myself in shows. And then again, be like, Oh, no, you can't like watch an entire series all day. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you lazy, whatever. But also in watching these people's stories, it gave me more information and insights. Because it's like, even though it's fiction, or a show, whether it's reality TV or real, like those are still like human beings, like it made me right. think about how we are as humans and show up. So totally, it's like, I'm not trying to even be able to work. But honestly, like it would get me thinking, but also who cares about that, like? Because it brings you joy is good enough reason.
0: <laughs> Damn straight, my friend. Damn straight. Okay, so that said, what is a book that you would recommend for everyone? Something that's like job. inspired you in an awesome way or brought you a lot of joy. Okay. I was like, yeah, I was like on fiction
1: because uh, you mentioned that. Which, So I, I'll name two. One of, a recent fiction book that blew my mind was The Vanishing Half. I think it's okay. Vanishing Half. It was like never. I it was constantly. I was like, didn't was like what? Like so many layers. Um, Ooh, cool. So that was great. Back in the day when my father passed away, and I was like, "What am I going to do?" Oh, there it is. Um, I went to the bookstore and was like, "Let me went straight to the personal development section and got all these books." And a lot of them I couldn't mm. read, honestly. Um, Why? Like, Eckhart Tolle and stuff like great, I my brain just can't tune out. Um, hmm. So yeah, I actually don't really read for <laughs> I, I well, a small development.
0: Okay. I'm was one to one say is, you better start because you're writing one, but I guess but No, but that's one of the read reasons yours. I actually
1: stop too is because I don't want to feel like I'm stealing or copying or being like, oh, somebody already else said mm. you said something similar. So I don't, and that's one time I heard Tim Ferriss say that he never reads books that are in the same category as him. And that gave me permission to be like, oh, perfect. Now I have an excuse for why I don't read personal development books because I don't want to feel influenced or. <laughs> that's good to know. So let yourself off your hook off anyway, up. there. what's like, your book? Anyway, so this book was Hardcore Zen, Punk Rock, Monster Movies, and the Truth About Reality. This was one of the books I picked up back then. That's a uh, title? Uh-huh. Hardcore Wait, Zen. Wait, what was Hard- it? Hardcore Zen, I think, is the main title, but then it says Hardcore Zen, Punk Rock Monster Movies, and the Truth About Reality.
0: So <laughs> I've I have never heard of this. So
1: I have always been able to read more from personal stories. So I do like memoirs or books that are written like with personal stories, and my book is going to have lots of personal stories. But yeah, so it's basically this guy that did everything he ever wanted Dreams Come True, you know, and was like top Buddhist monk, wanted to work with this, you know, it was a punk rock star, and then he wanted to work with this like Japanese animation company. All his dreams came true, and he was still so unhappy. Mm. <laughs> uh, so taking through the journey, which get back to you. my claim it and the, how I was seeing with the rock stars so like that. So it's again this like reality of like you can have everything you've ever wanted, and that doesn't mean that everything's you're gonna feel great about everything. So how about oh. how about today, right now, wherever you are, no matter how much money you have, no matter if you have a job or what your job is, your relationship status, or any of that, you can claim your worth, your joy, your value. Claim enough right now, even if you want more and you want things to be different. Amazing.
0: Well, if people want to claim more time with you, where shall they? Shall. Can I say shall? Is that should? <laughs> <laughs> shall, should?
1: Oh, I, I'm sure it's an iteration, but I'm
0: not so hard on that yet. Where do they
1: find you? Where, where
0: might they desire to seek out more <laughs> of your geologist in their life? <laughs> yeah um so yeah i have the podcast claim it
1: um you can find everywhere uh products everything is com. you can find everything me at com. and i'm most i'm everywhere on social media and youtube and all that stuff too but i'm most active at Uh, on Instagram, on my at your joyologist page. And oh yeah, the app we mentioned earlier, the Own Your Awesome app is so fun. Cause yeah, it's like, you can set a daily reminder time so that it'll remind you to come check your app because as humans, we forget to do things that make us feel good. So the app will remind you like, come pull a card. See, you know, that's
0: good. Well, I love your journal so much. The fuck the shoulds do the wants. And I love that your book is coming out in a hundred years from, um, (laughs) with the same, same title. I mean, just seeing that. On a page is so empowering and it's really made a true impact in my life. So I can't thank you enough, both for everything that you bring to the world and for taking us on your story journey today. I think this was, I haven't done many interviews where I'm just telling someone's story. Well, I didn't tell it. You were telling your story. And I'm just, I loved it. I mean, I'm just smiling and I, I love it. It was so vivid to me and so much goodness there. So thank you so much. You're so welcome. I love you.
1: And it was so fun to talk to you. And yeah. And yeah. People, be nice to yourself also. Just be nicer to yourself.
0: There you go. You heard it here first, folks. much for listening to the Party in My Plants podcast. Since recording this episode, I've been more lovingly aware about my shoulds than my sugars, and I am pretty sure my health is way better off because of it. If this tickled your fancy, hit up the show notes at partyinmyplants.com slash 204 where you'll find a thorough recap of this episode, the books Trisha recommended, and a link to hear me on her Claim It podcast. It's one of my favorite interviews to date. So cheers to Ex-Naying Udche from our vocabulary vay.